So welcome to Curiouser and Curiouser. My name is Sadiush Ramanabhasan. I am an investor, uh, a longtime technology executive, and also a founder. But I'm also a writer and an artist, a visual artist, and an actress, and do lots of other things. And so this show has really been inspired by my many different interests. It's a variety show, and it's going to delve into all the things, people and history, science, culture, fashion, business, and society. And our formats are going to vary. We're going to do deep dives into various subjects, fascinating guest interviews. We'll have panels, and we will accept callers to share comments on um, and ask questions on specific shows. So the common thread is that each episode is going to try to entertain you, teach you, amuse you, but mostly encourage some new interests, hopefully provoke some critical thinking, and maybe some inspire some curiosity about the world around you. So with that, welcome to Curiouser and Curiouser. And before we get started on today's episode, I want to first introduce my co-host, um, Olivia Wynn, who is uh, not only my producer, but also a fabulous person. So, uh, Olivia. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here on Set IU's first episode. Um, I work on the partnerships team over at Colin. Um, I am graduated from Northwestern about two, two and a half years ago, making me feel old. I'm really interested in all things media, storytelling, um, creator content. Um, I sort of got my start more in entertainment and working at agencies. And what I'm really interested in is, you know, learning how stories are told and what different kinds of how many different kinds of stories there are and you know when I met Sarayu for the first time we just really hit it off and and got diving into so many different conversations about history and culture and and New York and music and and so I'm I'm thrilled to be here on the first episode with her and um it's going to be a good one talking the talk fabulous so uh, as Olivia mentioned, our first episode is about TikTok and it's called Talking the Talk. It's the phenomenon of TikTok. So um, just to give you guys sort of an overview, we've actually broken it up into two sections and we're going to do one section today and save another section for tomorrow. So just for um, sort of ease of use, uh, macro and micro. So the macro is going to be kind of the big trends about what is the impact of the culture uh, on the culture of TikTok, um, the fact that it is owned by China um, and lots of other stuff like that. And today what we're going to do is look at actually the content and how we use it and some generational, uh, if there if there are generational differences. I was just laughing when Olivia was like, God, I feel old. I'm out of school for two years. I was like, oh my God, don't say that. Um, because if you're old, I don't know what I am. I'm like a dinosaur. So, um, so with TikTok, um, you know, I think what we'll first do is talk about how each of us got into TikTok. Um, so Olivia, I don't know if you want to go first and share uh, what your introduction to TikTok is and how you actually got onto the app. Totally, totally. So I joined TikTok in January of 2020. So it was winter of my senior year, two months before, you know, everything went to hell with COVID and whatnot. But we didn't know that at this point. And it was interesting. I had just started a remote internship that I was doing along with schoolwork, um, working for like a financial literacy brand and working as a content writer for them. 
And one of the things that they were interested in doing to like expand their their audience and sort of reach consumers because they were really like focused on wanting to teach financial literacy and education to college students and young adults um, was that they wanted to delve into TikTok. And so when I was interviewing, they're like, do you know TikTok? Like, how familiar are you with it? Um, and I was like, not that familiar, but I'm game for anything and can give it a try. And so January, when I started this, this new position, I downloaded the app and, you know, just set up my profile, made my, my username and everything and just started scrolling. And it was this sort of instant addiction, which has continued through this day, honestly, where, at first, it was it was very much just oh, perusing, seeing what's on there, seeing like the type of content that's really resonating. Like I was sort of coming at it from a from a job perspective of like, okay, like how can we apply this brand to TikTok and how can we you know leverage this? But then I just kept watching, and then it was like you know, thirty minutes would go by, still on TikTok. One hour would go by, still on TikTok. And, and as I liked four in the morning, yeah. Yep. There is, I can actually, my, my, my roommate at the time can uh, can attest to this, like late at night, just hears me like giggling in my room, like when I should be sleeping, but I'm watching TikToks. And it just really, I found the content to be so relatable and so funny. And so it like felt familiar, but in a completely new way. And so, you know, it started off as sort of a work professional research thing and it quickly just devolved into a social media addiction that kind of still still exists and persists to this day so so that was my introduction to tiktok i was gonna say ah uh, the quick this this tick tan sorry the tiktok quick sand that was a tongue twister yeah. um <laughs> so that's really that's interesting um you know i very similar i mean for me i you know as a technology investor and i've been doing this for several decades tiktok was obviously on my radar screen as a social media app but to me it was very much like i was thinking okay youtube vine so it's another one of these things like vine or youtube or whatever and i just thought you know whatever wasn't particularly like, you know, excited or interested in in learning about it. And then the next time it popped was when you had sort of this phenomenon of TikTok creators that were actually becoming sort of real world phenomena, right? Meaning I wasn't quite sure what they did, but their names were popping up in places like, oh, they just struck a brand deal for X amount of money. And I was like, what are they doing? And I would see clips and I'd be like, okay, I'm still not interested. I don't understand what they're doing. Maybe this is a Gen Z thing. Like, I don't get it. By the way, I love sort of uh, social media and things that connect each other, not just from like an investment perspective, but also just because it's personally interesting to me about, I was probably one of the first 100,000 that signed up on Facebook. Didn't use it for many years, but um, so I'm always interested. But again, this didn't seem anything, it didn't seem sort of, materially different from anything that I'd seen. That's the next time I heard about. The third time it kind of showed up on my radar screen was, you know, I was working for the government um, as a senior advisor um, on, you know, helping them with uh, venture capital and, and federally funded innovation. And all of a sudden, you know, there was a concern. It wasn't all of a sudden. I should take that back and say this was always sort of in the background about 
the fact that TikTok is a Chinese application. Um, and not only do uh, you know the owners of the app now have access to the regular data, you know, that nobody wants to give up their credit card information, you know, age, all that stuff. But now people are willingly putting every part of their lives on there. So there is a rich, they basically know everything about you if you are using it the way that, um, you know, they're expecting you to use it. So it sort of became interesting from a security threat perspective. And what's the impact it's having on our culture? And then the last time it popped and I just thought, gosh, I don't want this on my phone. I don't want to, you know, I don't really want this like to be anywhere near it because it seems so scary. Well, of course, you know, during COVID there was, you know, we were all bored and I decided to just sort of experiment with it. So I put it on like a phone that I wasn't using and I got the quicksand got me, Olivia. I literally couldn't stop watching for days and it was everything. Um, first, it was the memes that I never understood when you're not a part of TikTok. I was just like, that's not funny. Why would somebody do that a hundred different times? Like, why would a hundred different people do the same thing? But it was actually incredibly funny to see like different takes on memes. Um, I was getting pulled in with information. It was short enough that if I was bored, I could scroll by. And as I'm sort of getting pulled in, I'm sort of thinking about the effect this is having on my brain. And I'm like, God, is this making me dumber? And is my attention span getting short? Thinking all of these things, I'm also going to, uh, you know, folks that are popular on TikTok um, to see kind of how they've built up their audiences, how many people are following them, what's the comment, what sort of content they're putting up. And I see this range of things um, that, you know, sort of, like basically go from, I don't understand why this person has 5 million followers because it's somebody doing bad, not just dances, but bad dances. Um, and then I figured that maybe they were getting on early enough or there was some strange connection that, you know, there's voyeurism piece of TikTok, all the way to people that were actually doing very interesting things, sharing, you know, sort of advice and information that's actionable so there was this huge range. So um, it, it pulls you in. And I suddenly became one of those people that actually was watching cat videos. And um, I have, uh, you know, people in my life that can attest to the fact that they were like, do not show me another cat video from TikTok. And I'm like, no, no, but this cat, you've got to see this cat. It hit this dog. So anyway, that's how I got pulled in. So I actually started to use the app and understand it from the perspective of a user um, and can understand how addictive uh, and interesting and informational and uh, what a time waster it can also be. So, um, you know, I wanted to basically, you know, I, I, I kind of talked about the different types of content. Um, and so I thought maybe I would share sort of the different types of content I've seen and then we can sort of double click on some of those things and start talking about like what, you know, what those what those, what are you watching? And is it also different generationally? Because we've talked about this, that you and I are from different generations and we talk mm -hmm. really easily. We get along really easily, but are you seeing something different than I'm seeing? So in terms of the content, you know, you think about TikTok as being a source of information, right? There's a lot of learning yep. that does go on on TikTok. Mathematics, I've seen crypto, uh, little crypto lessons. There's philosophers, uh, there are people that are teaching languages. So there's all sorts of stuff. 
I seen it as a dating app. There was a meme that was going around of people going, here's my brother who's single or people just putting themselves up. Hey, I'm a 49 year old doctor. I'm divorced. I'm looking for love. Um, And then also people looking for sugar daddies. There was like, and I was horrified that there was no shame in these people's game. Um, And thought, (laughs) uh, that is kind of crazy. Like, why would you put that up there? Um, that you're mm-hmm. looking for a man that can, you know, take you to Louis Vuitton or they would brag about it, right? Women bragging about, I have to go to the gym to keep up with so that I look good for my sugar daddy. It's a sales channel, right? So I have absolutely mm-hmm. gone and looked at product that was advertised. Um, it is also obviously a form of entertainment. And within that, there's memes, there's sports, it's funny, true crime, murder, um, you know, scrapbooking, all sorts of stuff there, dancing and singing, you know, what sort of made TikTok famous, like these super short, like, you know, people doing dances and some, they're not even moving in half of them. And yet you'll watch it 50 times and the person will get like Mm -hmm. 5 million likes. And you're like, yeah, I want to try that. Um, and by the way, that's the other thing I started to want to do memes. And I was like, oh my God, I am 150 years old. I should not do this, which talks, it says something (laughs) about the nature of the app, right? Then there's TikTok stars, Mm -hmm. the singing, the acting, the star bit. Then you have the sort of TikTok reality, the voyeurism, right? Get ready with me. The life vlogs that you and I were talking about. The restocking. I've watched toilet cleaning videos. I don't know why. And I'm just watching them. These are people that are, you know, cleaning their homes Maybe it's kind of set up like a movie studio in the way that they're doing it. And sometimes it's not, but you're still watching it. Um, There's the TikTok reviews, right, of products and services. There's therapy, which I think comes in the form of ASMR, which is a whole other thing I don't understand, but I do watch. There's pranayama and Ayurveda. There is uh, stretching. It's also therapy in the form of it's an outlet. I've seen people screaming and crying, including Billie Eilish um people talking about abuse i mean things that normally in my generation wouldn't have been talked about but that are openly talked about now mental health all that stuff there's a fitness piece of it of course and then of course tiktok justice right which is a huge thing there are vigilantes on there uh when something happens and somebody posts i will see so many at signs calling at so and so at so and so um these people have channels they go after people that are you know dishonest or racist or whatever. Um, You also have sort of the people that have something bad happen to them that go ahead and post that. And I've seen entire businesses go down because I actually will go to the Yelp review and I'm like, oh my God, they have like a 1.0. And you see that it's clearly all TikTok people, right? That are going on there and saying, horrible things, uh, you know, to bring down kind of the reputation of the business. Um, And then, of course, there's TikTok how-tos, recipes, crafts, investing, home decorating, building stuff. Um, And then I would just say sort of the, the, uh, you know, uh, last couple, there are try-on, TikTok try-on. So it's the halls, right? The Shein halls. Um, the, uh, I went to, mm-hmm. I have not seen like a Louis Vuitton haul yet, but I have seen people show off a bag that they bought something like that. Um, I would say also there's the strange phenomenon of 
what you see moving over from Instagram, which is just girls wearing a lot of makeup and just posting for two seconds, not really saying very much. Like maybe there's a song, but using a filter and also people doing that without filters. And then lastly, it's people kind of doing their jobs. I've seen fashion illustrators, um, you know, doing, you know, beautiful sketches. Uh, There's a girl on there that is a graphic designer who's become huge because she started to make fun of logos. I'm sure you've seen this. Um, yes, I have seen this. Really deadpan. Yep. Yeah. And now she's huge. She's like, I'm going to, and then she had like actual companies reach out to her and go, Hey, can you redo our logo? So that's all the categories of things that I've seen. Um, yeah. tell me, I mean, what I find most interesting is like, and we kind of touched upon this in the beginning is sort of the evolution of TikTok, you know, because if you think about where it came from and where it started, like it's it it was sort of like a, a rebirth rebranding of the app musically right where you know it was mostly like tweens lip syncing to different songs and doing these dances and you know for a while in the beginning like that's what tiktok was really known for like i remember in in quarantine my poor father like bless his heart i made him learn to do the the savage dance with me like the megan the stallion song cuz that was like all the rage and and, you know, for a while, all I was like looking at on TikTok was was dance videos and, and you know, these little like 60 second slots of it's not like full on dancing. It's more like posing and like looking cute. Um, but that's sort of what the origin of TikTok was. But then you're 100 percent right. It's like it's just the way that it sort of exploded beyond what it started as is really interesting to me and and, and honestly kind of fascinating looking at it from a branding standpoint, because you know, you think about how memes work and you think about it's sort of this idea of like an inside joke and it doesn't make sense at first. And and for you to get it and find it funny, you have to keep watching and keep engaging and, and keep spending time until you get to the point where it's recognizable enough that you can find it funny. And so I, I find it interesting. It's like, how did TikTok as a brand get everyone to buy in this way you know like how did how did it go from just you know dancing and lip syncing and looking cute and and obviously there's still a ton of that but how did it go from that to like tiktok activism and day in the life with me and get ready with me and people doing professional networking on it it's like there was just this this collective and like maybe maybe covid had a lot to do with it you know it was a new way of entertainment like it really blew up around covid and quarantine and everything but it's like how did we get to the point where we're all just so so willing to put ourselves out there and receive other people putting themselves out there like that like how did that just become a norm and just become oh yeah it's tiktok like people are just gonna put anything out there well, it's funny that you say that because I we were talking about different um, memes that we've seen. And I was saying, I love that Snoop Dogg one, you know, which has been done to death. But I literally, I knew that I was addicted to TikTok when I was like, start, I started to record that meme. And then I was like, you cannot put this up, which is literally where he's thanking himself at the awards where he's like, I'd like to thank me for doing all the hard work. I'd like to thank me for being so awesome. So yeah. I had seen a couple of people do that and it's hilarious. And I was like, okay, I've got to put that up. And there's also the one of the woman where she's like, uh, okay, I've had enough, you know, not, not, that's all right. I'm leaving. And they're all of like these little things where you start to see people doing it. And if you have a sense of humor or you're theatrical in any way, both of which, you know, I, I think I am, I, I'm like, I want to participate. I want to do this. 
why, you know, it's not something that I don't, I don't think that my colleagues would be interested in this kind of thing. They may just sort of consume information on it. I'm not sure if they would be moved to participate in sort of the meme phenomena, but I was very moved to be like, I want to put something out there. I want to create. So I think it's, I think it's the format in that it started. I mean, now they're saying that you can do up to 10 minute videos, but I think when it started, it was like, you know, people were trying to figure out how to go viral, right? Like they'd be like, it's seven seconds and you have to use the sound. So uh, they've gone from like, you know, 15 seconds to 30 seconds to three minutes to now I think they're going to introduce like you can do a 10 minute. So you, everybody's becoming a filmmaker and the cream rises to the top. The things that people want to watch may not be the most excellent thing, um, but it's something that appeals to a lot of people and that starts rising to the top. And then people sort of imitate that it's sort of a virtual, you know, loop. Um, and I think also what's interesting, we talked about this too is the different types of TikTok, right? There's a black TikTok. You'll hear people be like, how did I get on this side of TikTok? Or you were talking about reading TikTok or cottage core, or there's a Mormon talk, right? There's gay talk, witch talk. I mean, so there are all of these different types of TikTok. And so I would love to hear, and we, and we were talking a little bit also about the generational difference. I'd love to hear about like your For You page. Um, I suspect many of us are seeing some of the same things because you and I have discussed stuff that we've both seen. Um, there's nothing that I've told you about that you haven't seen, I don't think. So what is your For You page like and what are you seeing on your For You page? Yeah, this is this is always an interesting conversation that I even like to have with some of my friends because in some ways it's so it feels sort of exposing, you know, of what, what the content is that pops up on your for you page. Like there's some sort of like identity identification that comes along with it. Um, because you can kind of, as I will share, you will be able to tell a lot about like my personality and my interests by what's on my, my for you page. But like you mentioned, like book talk, like I am really a lot of my, a lot of my content is book talk. So that's, you know, particularly in the fantasy fiction, young adult, new adult genres, um, just people like talking about book series, like having to read lists, recommendations, you know, debating canon quote unquote. So like the fandoms, if you're like really into for example, one of the biggest like book talk books, they call it, is um, a series by Sarah J. Moss named A Court of Thorns and Roses. And that's like the classic book talk book. If like you spend any time on book talk, like what is that about? A creator. About? So it's it's a fantasy book. So it's basically like it's like a human girl like crosses into the fey realm basically and you know the, <laughs> she has to like save the world basically you know it's like it's the evolution Olivia, we came from I harry potter to hunger games to divergent <laughs> oh yeah this is what i'm saying it's really i'm really out here exposing myself but you know anything no, anything for the talk <laughs> but that's exactly you know i mean that's exactly i think that you know if you saw like the content that i was interested in or putting up you're probably like oh i didn't expect that from her um, right but like i was saying like that snoop dog like i am dying i think to it's put interesting i love snoop dog i mean that's like snoop, snoop dog can do no wrong in my mind in terms of i mean that his, is just the funniest meme i forget what award <laughs> yeah. he won but he got up and he was like i'd like to thank 
meat. Thank me. And then <laughs> and you're like, like I you know, go off, like, Snoop. Yeah, California. And he goes, I'd like to thank me for working so hard. I'd like to thank me <laughs> for giving and when nobody else did. I'd like to thank me for putting up all the late nights. And people end up like like moms that have like six kids, like, you know, mm-hmm. like sort of mime that speech and then put it up. And it's so funny. Um, but um, yeah. Yeah. So see, see, that's really interesting. Like I would have never guessed that you were into that stuff unless I no. had a book talk or fantasy talk or whatever. And you find sort of right. like-minded folks to discuss stuff, I guess. Mm-hmm. Or that's interesting too, view. because none of my, like, n- none of my like friends in, in real life, like people at school, like my best friends growing up, like none of them read these same kind of books really you know so it's it's sort of before tiktok and before book talk really it felt kind of like i was the only person that knew these books existed and that was like a fan of these books and a fan of this genre and felt so drawn into this world and i think that's part of one part of the thing that really like dragged me into tiktok and kept me coming back is that it was sort of the first time that with these like fantasy books, for example, like there was a group of people that also understood and also had this same sort of obsession and like fixation. And it was like the first time that I was able to like talk about it and and feel like it was a normal <laughs> thing to talk about and not feel embarrassed about so it. it. Was like a therapy. My mom you. is in the audience right now and she's like calling me out for <laughs> these books that I read. But it was like she's proud was, of her daughter. It was the first, yeah. <laughs> love you, mom. Um but it was like the first it really it was surprising to me that these books that, you know, they're bestsellers, but like none of my friends read them and it's not sort of like it wasn't like the Harry Potter and the Hunger Games. But it, it it was interesting to find that there were these whole fandoms, like there were all these other people that engaged with that content and felt such a connection to it in the same way. I hadn't experienced that in real life. And that's like one of the things like the fandom communities that like really brought me into TikTok. Same thing with Taylor Swift and Swift Talk. I mean, obviously, Taylor Swift is huge everywhere. I love Taylor Swift. I have borderline unhealthy obsession with her swift talk is a ton of my for you page where i you know it's fan theories it's clips of her songs it's it's like backstage clips of her have you seen that girl that looks exactly like her oh yeah feel like has built her entire identity off of that because yeah. i thought it was taylor and i was like oh that's strange but it's clearly not but she does the same red lip and like yeah no she makeup. does the red lip the hair yep. like yep. she sometimes does the album dress ups yeah so we're clearly and people like because things. people yeah yeah but it, it's like i think it's the proportion it's like my my for you page is mainly book talk swift talk and cat talk talking about <laughs> cat videos because i also love cats um the majority of my content looks like that you know, sprinkled in with like the popular, the popular, like, you know, trending videos and whatnot. But it's like, I think the cadence and the frequency is maybe what is different from people's for you page. Like, it's, it's sort of an interesting, like, how often do you interact? And how often do you like and comment? Like, how does that sort of structure what you're seeing and what the algorithm knows what to, you know, spit out next? And that's always a question too, of like, what's the algorithm? How does this work? How does content, you know, rise to the top and not rise to the top? Um, 
That's actually one of the fascinating things. And I've thought about it and I've looked at sort of what goes viral and it's really hard to tell, but there's stuff, you know, so my For You page is sort of all over the place. There's plenty of cat stuff now. I cannot believe I'm one of these people now. And I've actually sent these to friends of mine uh, very carefully unliking the video before I send it to them because I'm like, they cannot know that I'm on this. Welcome to the club, (laughs) Sadayu. Yeah, it's literally, you know, these are friends of mine that have like jobs. You've probably seen some of them in media and I'm just like, they can't know. And I'm just like, yeah. And they're like, wow, you're on TikTok. And I'm like, oh, you know, it's just, it's for work, (laughs) but it's really, I'm really participating. Um, But, you know, um, I have a lot of comedy on there. So it's a lot of people like pretending like, to their miming real life situations, like the woman, the person that does your appointments at the dentist, or uh, when you walk into a store and ask to speak to a manager, you know, or stuff like that. It's actually very, very funny. So there's a lot of that stuff that comes up. Um, and it's all really funny. And then like, just funny, like people just doing funny little things. There's uh, this one person that um, I think it's from Dora the Explorer where that, that song's like backpack, backpack. There's this guy that actually just walks into every store with a backpack and pretends to take things. I don't know why this is funny to me. It is a super short clip. He just does the same thing over and over again. There is another guy that shows up with like super long nails um, and he is like the girl that comes in. He's from the ghetto. He gets he defends everybody, you know, like he comes into this class and he's like, Oh yes. In are the you class and the that teacher and it's kid? like, Miss Johnson. Yeah. Miss, yes. like, Miss Johnson, <laughs> you're going to catch these hands. So he's really funny. So it's a lot of <laughs> stuff like that. He's hilarious. Um, so and good. then there's, I'm sure you know about these two guys. These guys made me cry. This was the first time I laughed out loud were the Island boys. And I even think that Diplo started making fun of them. And actually, he showed up in a video of theirs. But it's like these two guys, they're, uh, they live in Miami. Uh, And they want to be rap stars. But they don't have any songs. They have like one song that they sing over. It's not even a song. It's like a line. And they have, they used to have like their hair stick up like french fries. And they live in this house. And they're always like, throwing out dollar, but like they live in a lifestyle, but nobody understands how they made their money if they really have it. And, and the comments, it's like, you're running to the comments because the comments are hilarious. So, and they actually answer back. They're like, why are you hating? You know, we're just living our lives. Some of the people are like, you guys are great. You have positive attitudes. (laughs) Other people just completely making fun of them. And they've created these huge brands off of that. Right. Um, I've gotten bored of them, so I'm not really seeing them very much on my Facebook page. Uh, sorry, on my For You page anymore. But they're the Island Boys. So it's mostly funny stuff. But then there's really interesting stuff. There are a couple of folks that follow fashion trends. Uh, definitely, I'm really into like horror and crime, true crime and stuff. I don't watch a lot of it anymore because that's the other thing that's generational. A lot of this stuff that is being put up there is by people that are generation, I guess, like Z and uh, is, is it, I guess it's millennials. It's right before them, like later millennials. Um, and it's stuff that I already know, you know, that I read as a kid uh, in books before the internet, 
that there was a time when there was no internet. Um, so like they're talking about the Manson murders. I'm like, yeah, I read that book when I was 12. So I have like sort of a very condescending attitude towards, I'm like, I knew that when I was seven, you know, but it's really interesting to see their takes on that. Um, and then I'm interested in, you know, I've actually learned some stuff about crypto, believe it or not. Um, I think the voyeurism part is really interesting. We don't want to admit that, but it is really interesting to see. And some of them are just like cookie cutter the same. It's these girls and guys that are living. And we talked about some of the apartments aren't so nice, but the ones that I'm seeing is they have nice apartments. Uh, they're clearly working some kind of job that allows them to live there. Um, they get up in the morning, they have a smoothie, they have a coffee, they go to the gym, they take a shot. And you're like, wow, these people are really have their, you know, together. Yep. And you're looking into their lives and it's inspirational. You're like, gosh, maybe I need to get up like before six, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was a huge thing for me, sort of looking at the, it's like they have like a day in the life of like, of like 23 year old like marketing manager or something and like they say it exactly in that tone of voice and it's like my alarm goes off at like 6 30 every morning like waking up before seven has done wonders for my productivity and like I have my green juice and then I go to the gym and then I start working and then I go to happy hour with my friends after and it's just like it's this weird level and we were talking about this today too that I think is another interesting theme that TikTok has is that it strikes a balance between aspirational and relatable and it depending on the content and the creator it can sort of waver either way you know so it's like some things about this girl or you know for example this girl who's doing a day in her life like some things about it resonate with me and relate to me and i i like seeing that it's like i too like to you know work out every day like to go get happy hours with my friends like i'm a young working person in new york city and and i i recognize the places that she's going and sort of her attitude like i can see myself in her and so that is relatable and i i enjoy interacting with that content but then other parts of it are just completely unrelatable and completely aspirational only like the idea of me consistently getting up before seven every single day like I wish like god I wish that that could be me that is just simply not going to happen that is not in my DNA my body's not built like that I also like will not ever just like green juice and just drink green juice and be satisfied with green juice for breakfast like that is also something that is never going to happen for me and so I think the way that they sort of package this and these aesthetically pleasing videos and it's, you know, so smooth and seamless and it looks like, wow, like she's living her best life. And like, I, I can do that too. But it's like, can I do that? Should I you know, want to do that? Olivia, I was going to say two things that they're very produced. Those videos mm. that pull you in look very produced. But what's also interesting is one of the girls that I, when I first got on TikTok made a comment about how, she's doing the same thing every day. And, um, and I, and, you know, and I also love commenting, believe it or mm. not. So I <laughs> was literally like, Hey, 90% of life is a routine. And, you know, that got a lot of likes. I'm very proud to say. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, it, it's like TikTok famous. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was like, yeah, everybody liked my comment. That's another thing. Right. I'm just like, Oh my God, stop liking my comments. Could start liking my videos. <laughs> and, you know? Um, so it's like, you know, you start to see these things about other people's lives, which I think can be relatable. There are also things, you know, generationally, like we talked about this, I don't understand. And I think some of it, I think your generation, I think Generation Z um, is, I think, um, 
to me, a lot more relatable and normal in the sense that we were talking about some of the creators that maybe don't have these amazing homes or whatever backdrops. And all of a sudden I'll see all of these comments about, wow, um, she went to this school and she's got like, look at, she's got that particular knife and she's using wax paper and I wish I could afford it. And I'm sitting there going, what? It's just a knife. It's wax paper. It's a toaster oven. You can afford it. And I just thinking, okay, these must be really young kids watching. Like these got to be like mm. 13, 14, you know, that have no clue. Or maybe I, I don't know what to think because I'm like, you can buy a toaster oven for $25. You can get wax paper for $2. So you start to see that there's actually all sorts of people watching, you know, yeah. um, this same content. Um, and, I, you know, I was going to say one more thing. There's also, I don't know if you've seen that meme, it's turned into a meme where somebody's like, um, I want to speak to the older generation on TikTok, meaning mm, anybody mm-hmm. that was born before 1998. And I'm like, uh, and so you have all these Gen X people, millennials, like angry, like, you know, putting out memes going, excuse me. Um, that's not. Old. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, it's interesting. Like, I, I think that like talking about generational differences, when it's so literal in that sense of people being like, like there's so many accounts that are like millennials on TikTok. And I remember, you know, I think this is more of like a couple months ago where it was the whole thing where Gen Z is calling out millennials for, you know, wearing skinny jeans and skinny jeans are out. And millennials were like, what do you mean skinny jeans are out? Like, I love skinny jeans. And it, and it, that was just sort of this moment of generational tension of, oh, there's a new, there's like a new sheriff in town. There's a new generation that's like deciding what's cool and what's not cool. But what I think is interesting is that it kind of got blown up in a way that it started as more facetious and more joking. And and I think, I wonder how much of a divide there actually is versus how much like it seems like there's a divide. And I think another thing that sort of goes with that too is Gen Z and younger generations, I think because we grew up with social media, like we grew like in middle school, I had Instagram, Facebook, you know, like we had all these things. We're so used to putting our lives out there in a way that perhaps older generations are not used to in the same way. And so the concept of like privacy or, you know, keeping something's personal. There's, I don't know. There's if it, none of that anymore. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't that's, resonate that's really, the same way yeah, with us. It, it hits you in a different way. And, you know, there is, if you go to Billie Eilish's page, she's actually screaming and bawling. And I was like, oh my God, like, you know, because it's just something that I would never do. Uh, although now I'm considering it yeah. <laughs> on TikTok. I'm considering going. I mean, because it is, it's catharsis in a way, you know, it's like the same way. If, I mean, it's not the same thing, obviously, if you want to talk about like level of taste and high art versus low art, whatever, but it's like the same thing if you're, you know, if I'm watching a dance performance and I'm just seeing the emotion pour out of someone, it's sort of a, it's, it, TikTok has its own version of that. You know, it's like a, like a girl sharing her story of something awful that happened to her. And the thing is, that's where relatable can come back in too, you know, because people are talking about issues and talking about mental health and, and, and talking about racism and, and, and sexism and, and just sort of institutionalized problems and how that affects people personally it it's relatable and it's 
I think it, I think in some way, I think in some ways it's, it's a good thing, you know, because it's, we're being honest, we're talking about things, we're telling people that, you know, you're not alone if you're struggling with anxiety or depression, like that is common and people do that. But in other ways too, there's, there's the dark side of that. It's like, when is it sharing too much and when is it unhealthy and when is it too much of our lives online? And I don't know if our generation is as good at recognizing that divide and that how easy it could be to fall one way or another. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, you know, what I see is definitely not the way that I grew up or sort of what I would think of, you know, as, uh, you know, behavior that I, I, that I would be comfortable doing. Um, so, but it's very interesting to watch, but this whole voyeurs and thing, like, what do you think about what is, what is it about, you know, these restocking videos? I don't even understand. It's food that I would never eat. You know, mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, that is really bad for you. But they are, I will sit there and I'll watch these people restock things and do stuff. And by the way, in my own life, I am incredibly neat and extremely organized to an extreme. So, uh, this is not anything aspirational for me. It's not new. And yet it's really interesting. I'm like, oh my God, this person's cleaning their sink. Why don't I just watch that for two minutes? Or they're restocking the mini fridge in their child's Yep. I've seen that video and it's like perfectly everything fits together. Oh, it's like, like I think, I think that sort of goes. It's, it's like three little juice juices and like, you know, two little peppermints because the fridge is so small. Yep. Yep. And it's like all, I think it goes back to aesthetic at that point. And it goes back to like, sort of what you were talking about ASMR. Like there's a whole thing of like visual ASMR and I'm, I'm sure there's a real term for that, but basically watching other people organize and watching things fit nicely and evenly and everything be perfectly laid out. I think there's something, there's something that's like very satisfying and soothing about that to watch. And like, I don't know what that says about it the mental state of us all. <laughs> I was going to say it would be interesting to do brain studies to see what the brain waves are, you know, and watching yeah. these people, if it's actually relaxing, because I never thought about it. Like I, I was just thought, Oh my God, you know, that usually always have the long nails. Again, that's something that came after my generation. I, I don't get the aesthetic. I don't, but you know, like the, the super long nails, I'm like, how do they live with those nails? Like, how do they go about their mm-hmm. daily lives with like the Cardi B, like the huge nail? Cause they're not Cardi B. Yeah. So like, you know, why do you have those nails? But, um, and they're like opening stuff and doing stuff and it's fascinating. So I'll watch that, but switching gears a little bit, I wanted to talk a little bit about something that I do think is, I think the stuff that we've been talking about is sort of entertainment, the TikTok justice piece of it, which is really interesting to me, which is they take you down. It is a community. It reminds me of when, I forget when it was, there was something that happened about a year ago on Twitter, where I think that there were like some racist group was getting together to do something and the K-pop fans took them down. I don't know if you remember this, but the the K-pop fans ended up hijacking the hashtag so that anybody that looked for that hashtag was actually going to, you know, like one of the, um, you know, who's that band, like one of the K-pop bands. And it was like, it's like all these fans that like showed up and overtook Twitter. And it was really exciting. It was kind of like, 
I always think of it of like when, if you've ever seen E.T., when all the little boys get E.T., you know, they kidnap him and they put him in a blanket and there's that surge of adrenaline and they're like biking and they're, they're going to, you know, they're going to get E.T. back to his thing. And it's like that kind of, you feel that rush, like, yeah, the good guys are winning. And you sort of see this phenomenon on TikTok a lot, right, where somebody, something happens to somebody at their job. And you and I talked about this. There was one situation which uh, we both had seen of somebody walking into like a smoothie store and uh, being incredibly abusive to the employees because they had given him something that his child was allergic to. It so happens that I have that same allergy. It is life-threatening. It is not a joke. Uh, I've been fed things with stuff in it. I don't think I've ever, I, you know, behaved that way, but he was really, and he ended up within hours getting fired. And this was a much older gentleman with a 30-year career at a very well-known company. And it was shocking. Like he was gone. They they had put out, a, the company, it was a bank, put out a statement. So we don't have people like this working here. Goodbye and done. Um, you also have like these vigilantes. There's uh, the great Landini, I think is one. And then there's like Tizzy Ent, who's another um, that they get called, you know, they're like su real superheroes that get called. So, um, what have you seen in that? What do you think? It's, I, I think it can be misused. Um, and I think that people can certainly position things in ways that they're not like maybe to be vengeful to somebody, but so far what I've seen, you know, and again, with my very limited, uh, uh, uh information, Invisibility, it seems like, you know, people that are getting, you know, sort of the short end of the stick now have kind of a way to vent, but it's a scary thing because that surge that they create on TikTok carries through to real eyes, you know, ends mm -hmm. up meeting out this justice that, you know, the punishment may or may not be equal to the crime. So yeah, wondering what you thought about that. Yeah, I mean, I and we we did talk about this, this man that was just being abusive to the and they were like teenage girls, like working at this smoothie shop. And what I find interesting, and like, obviously, we could go down a whole rabbit hole of like cancel culture. And, and that's, you know, just such a charged topic. I think sort of what I think about it is that holding people, let me just say yeah. one thing, Olivia, I, but I think the video, the thing about this is, that you actually see what happened, right? Mm -hmm. So you can make your own decision and go, that wasn't a big deal. Like why? But in most, I would say in about a hundred percent of the cases, uh, it was like something, somebody needed to step in and do something, you know, it's like, yeah. there are a lot of Karens that show up, you know, and Karens for anyone that doesn't know is somebody that will get into your business. Uh, you know, we don't want to say that Karen is a specific gender or person, but it's a Karen that's in your business, uh, I guess, for no reason um, and can generally have some negative repercussions on, on what you're doing. And, and it's it's not right. Let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. But they'll have like Karens on there that are like, don't do this, don't do that. But, you know, we're also talking about um, things where like in this video, people are, I mean, and it's it's also horrific because you see the range of like horrible behavior, yeah. mental illness, you know, people going into malls, yelling and screaming at people, throwing fits, getting violent. Uh, you know, it goes from bad language to getting violent. Um, and, and then what you see is, you know, somebody will say, TikTok, let's find this person. And I'm like, uh-oh, 
Mm-hmm. Uh oh, this is this is going down in the next few hours because they meet out justice. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing is like for so long, so many injustices were happening without anyone ever being held accountable. And so I think the thing is it's really exciting for young people, for marginalized people to have an opportunity to like expose these abusive and you know like structurally unequal and awful situations like I don't I don't know how much of an opportunity there was before to feel like there was a chance that you could call someone out and be like hey this is not okay like I wonder how how much people felt that their voice could be heard and so I think like personally intrinsically like I think it's a wonderful thing to be able to hold people accountable. But I think what the problem is... Basically have a posse, to have a posse. Yeah, but or even, like, even just, like, there's something powerful about being able to say, this was wrong, and have someone hear you, and have that validation. Like, that, that is a valuable thing, and that is something that can make a, like, true, visible real difference in like someone's life and someone's like emotional and mental well-being i think the problem is we don't like because there hasn't always been a smooth way to like hold people accountable we as a society and you know this is me getting philosophical and feel free to push back against me with that i don't know if we really know how to react well in each situation. Like, I don't know, just in the same way that it hasn't been common to be able to hold people accountable. I like now that we can hold people accountable with these sort of platforms and, you know, call people out and be like, find this person and you'll find them within an hour. I don't, I don't know if we've sort of swung to an equilibrium yet of knowing like, what is, what is the right way forward with this data? You know, like what is, how do we proceed like as on an individual level, like on a societal level, something in between that on like a company level like this man that lost his job like we don't I don't know if we have like the tools and the critical thinking and reasoning of how to take these things that happen and are real and are bad things and are you know hurtful and harmful to other people and how do we move forward from that in a productive way that like serves justice but is still productive and it it kind of reminds me of you know, I was, my mom's going to love that I'm saying this, but I was listening to Brene Brown. My mom's a big Brene Brown fan. And Brene was saying, you know, the problem isn't holding people accountable and calling people out. The problem is the reaction to that and how you go forward from it. And so I think, I think that's really the key issue with sort of these like TikTok vigilantes and, and, you know, like calling people out in this behavior, like, the calling out the bad behavior is not the problem. It's how we move forward from that is the issue. Yeah, it's I think it's it's the actions that are taken. Is it commensurate with what happened? And I think, you know, I think of it often in terms of like software and technology. We're like on Rev 1. This is like new stuff. We're entering this new era. And I think what you said was very astute, right? Where sort of the situation that we kind of find ourselves culturally right now is that uh, people that have been held down sort of underwater, it's like they're coming up for air and sometimes the reaction can be sort of too, uh, it can be like overcompensating, you know, because of what the history has been. Or it can just be, you know, a regular reaction, but 
you know, ranging from it's a regular reaction to there is a lot of sort of emotion behind it because of kind of what the past has been. And and I'm not talking about any particular specific, you know, group or anything. I just and I think there's a lot of rage in society. You don't have to be anything. There are people that have had nothing happen to them that are walking around angry, you know, for no reason. And so you've just got like this perfect storm of things coming together. Um, and you have sort of the phenomenon of these vigilantes, these self-appointed, like I'm going to, and by the way, these people also do things like, you know, they're young girls on TikTok that have huge followings, which happen to be all older men. And they're just like little girls that are doing singing and dancing and whatever. And these vigilantes are like, this is wrong. And oftentimes the parents are the ones that are pushing the girls to do this. Um, and so, you know, they actually call that out. Um, and I think the hope is that TikTok will shut them down. Um, or, you know, some action will be taken by the app. There's also, um, you know, the, just kind of the, uh, the phenomenon of the mob, right? Like they don't even have to have these superheroes. There is Olivia puts up a video of like, Hey, I was in Starbucks and this guy was way rude to me. You know, he made comments about blah, blah, blah. Um, I'm so upset. And I, I come in and go, Olivia, I'm going to amplify this. And I've seen that right. Multiple, or we joked about the guy, the uh, what's his name? West, West end Caleb, which is sort of West like Caleb. a more amusing kind of, but that was funny. That was something that I started watching and I was amazed. I'm like, Oh my God, all these women in New York city and then beyond came together. And there were girls calling in from London going, Hey, I'm in London. If he shows up here, I'll let you guys know, you know? And it was like, so funny. Um, and so, you know, I think that you've got these kind of self-organizing like networks, um, and individuals that take it upon themselves. There's a gym guy. I don't know if you've noticed this, this guy, he does gym etiquette. Um, and by the way, there was one TikTok that he did that I did not agree with where I think a girl, uh, was exercising and some guy asked if he could, she had just set up her camera. She was doing a video, which of course is very annoying to anyone that's been in the gym to, I guess, show off some exercises. And of course he walks over and goes, Hey, are you going to do a set? And she looked at him and said, yeah, I didn't see any look. I didn't see her, you know, she, and then she went back to videoing and this guy called her out and they went after her. And I was like, Oh my God, she had to make her video private. I was watching this whole thing and going, this is frightening. Um, because in my, you know, I didn't see any behavior that, and I'm very sensitive to all of this. I didn't see any impolite behavior. She didn't even make a face. She just, he came over and said, are you going to be using this equipment? And she had just put her camera down and she goes, yeah. And then she goes back and this guy went off on her on doing videos and shit, which I agree with, but I thought it was maybe not appropriate. And, um, perhaps the reaction didn't fit what she was doing. Because she literally had hundreds, maybe thousands of people flood all of her videos. She had to go private uh, because he's a gym etiquette guy. And he is now sort of the vigilante for gym etiquette, you know. So um, I think it's a very powerful thing. I think we're still kind of in the early kind of, uh, you know, we're in version one of all of this. And I think that it will start to sort itself out and we'll understand how to use this technology better. But we are coming up now on almost 9 p.m. And this is an hour show. 
I could probably talk about this with you, Olivia, for like hours. As you know, we always end up over talking when we're chatting. Oh, same. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we should do absolutely another episode on this. Um, the next one that we will do, it will be sort of the macro impact. Uh, we talked about China. Uh, we talked about kind of the impact this is having on culture uh, about TikTok. But we've kind of, you know, talked given like sort of an overview of like everything that's on the talk, I think not probably not everything, but most of it. And so we've got, um, for, so this show is Curiouser and Curiouser. We're exploring all different kinds of topics. We are on Wednesday at 8 PM Eastern standard time. Uh, the format is going to be either something like this, a couple of us talking, perhaps a panel interviews of guests, maybe just doing a deep dive onto a particular topic. Um, and the common thread is that, Hopefully that you're going to walk away entertained. You've learned something. Uh, you're thinking more critically about something. Maybe it's inspired you to be curious. Maybe you'll sign up on TikTok. I'm not encouraging this, but, um, you know, um, the, the idea is that um, to sort of feed your curiosity. So thank you so much for joining. And I will also say we've got a great roster of shows that we've got lined up. Um, and, um, we're really excited to do this and I'm really excited to do this. And thank you to Olivia for both joining me here as well as being so great in helping me out with all of the setup and stuff on the back end. You're doing a great job. So I don't know if you had any. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Nope. I will just say it's been a pleasure. I'm excited for next week and everyone make sure you subscribe to Curiouser and Curiouser and see us next week. Thanks for joining everybody.